Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody, welcome to Southside Online today. My name's Jeff Williams. I'm the lead pastor here at Southside Church, and I want to welcome you to uh, an online experience where we just are taking the Bible today and opening it up and sharing with you God's good news. Our mission here is we exist to build real followers of Jesus Christ. Relationships, I just believe this, relationships encourage action, and that leads to life change. My relationship with God encourages me to take action, and that leads to life change in my life. And that in turn helps me to have relationships with others that encourage action that leads to more life change. And we do that because we want to make it real easy to go to heaven from right here where we are. And so if you live in this area, I'm inviting you to come be a part of what God is doing in one of our two locations in South Jackson County and in a community we call Redstone or at the Banks Banks Crossing Campus in Commerce. Come and be a part and help us be a part of a, a mission and a vision that we believe God has given us because this is how I believe real happens. I believe it happens when you know God, when you find community in local church biblical settings, that helps you grow deeper in your faith, which in turn helps you to do this and helps you make others become this. It helps us make disciples, is what, and that's exactly what Jesus called us to do. Today, the series that we're talking about is one called Burdened, and I'm going to call the, the title of the sermon Burdened or Burdened bothered because we're going to talk about the lost, we're going to talk about the community, and we're going to talk about the next generation over the next few weeks. And when I think about those three areas, lost people who don't know God, when I think about our community around us, and and then even the next generation, especially the older I get, (laughs) I find myself a lot of times being more bothered by those areas than I am burdened for them. And if we're going to be an effective church and if we're going to be who God has called us to be, then we have to understand that, that, that we, God wants us to be burdened for the things that, bur- that, 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 that overwhelm his heart rather than be bothered by them. Because everything that, that we see out in our world and the people that are associated with them, they are attached to people. Flesh and blood, people with heartbeats, people with souls, people with a place and eternity. And if we truly believe that hell is hot and heaven's real, then why wouldn't we spend our life trying to help this lost world know that? So I want you to understand something about the call to follow Jesus. In Luke 9.23, Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple." He said this in the early days of his following to the people who were committing themselves to them. He said, look, if you want to be my disciple, you've got to deny yourself, which was hard then and it's hard today. You've got to pick up your cross daily. That's difficult. It may not be something we see as difficult, but it was definitely something they saw as difficult because picking up your cross meant that you were carrying it to a place of execution. And so denying yourself, picking up your cross daily, which meant you would have to deny yourself over and over and over again, live to a place of death so that you can truly live. He said, and then come and be my disciple. Come and follow me. You see, in the Bible, there is no gap between the call to follow Jesus and the call to engage a lost world. There's just not. There is no difference between the two. When you became a follower of Jesus Christ, you became a missionary. 
There is no difference. There is no distinction between the two. If I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm a missionary. All other things are imposters. If I'm not, if I'm not a missionary, I'm an imposter. And so does that mean I've got to get on a plane and travel to a foreign country and live there for the rest of my life? No, no, a missionary is someone who takes a message, really an ambassador, taking a message from someone that is leading you and you're communicating that message to a group of people, trying to help that person that I'm engaging see the need for this agenda in their life. And so, so here, I read this the other day. I thought it was so good. You and I cannot be the hands and feet of Jesus if we're sitting on our butts. <laughs> we just can't. And so many people sit on their butts when it comes to the church. I want to do a series one day called Bring Your Butt to Church. Not your B-U-T-T, but your B-U-T. I would go to church, but. I would give a tithe, but. I would read my Bible, but. I would get baptized. I would follow Jesus, but, but, but. See, we all have them. <laughs> and we all, we, 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 but we'll, we'll make excuses for why we can't do something or why we won't do something when God, there's no gap between the call to follow Jesus and the call to engage a lost world. See, we, it's the difference to us today between what we see as normal and radical. This is our, our normal today when it comes to faith, when it comes to a following, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Our normal is so subnormal when it's compared to the lifestyle of those in Scripture. Our normal is so subnormal that normal seems radical. <laughs> normal, normal in the Bible, what was normal to these people in the book of Acts, it's, it, is, it, it seems radical to us, but it was just normal to them. And our normal today is subnormal. It's below what we would have seen there. And the, to the first century believers, normal and radical were synonyms. They went together like this. Normal was radical. Sadly, today we've turned them into antonyms. Where they don't come together, they fight against one another. And so many people today, and I'll include me in this, because so much of this message and so much of next week and the week after really can, are more convicting to me than they are encouraging because of, of, of what I deal with in my own life and what I deal with in my own daily life and daily living. I mean, I drive a car. I suffer from road rage. I mean, it's just where I am and what I deal with. And so I don't know what your issue is, but, but, but I have to understand that the issues that I have with the way other people drive, I can't help it that you don't drive the way I do. I mean, really, you should get off the road while I'm driving because that just makes my life easier. So I'm more bothered by those things than I am burdened for the people that are behind the wheel. Many people today are bothered by the things they see rather than being burdened for those around them. Social media, news stations, whatever, that just, just watching the world and the makeup of our world and the things that are on, everybody's got an opinion about something. And it, and it seems that more people, people had rather be, had rather complain and fuss about being bothered about something than being burdened so much for it that we're willing to do whatever it takes to change it. And so today, bothered or burdened? Are you burdened for the lost? Are you burdened for the lost? 
There was a TV show when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s. It was called The Land of the Lost. And it was about, it was about this family that was lost in the land of the dinosaurs. They had traveled back in time and, and, and they find themselves around dinosaurs in this difficult place. They were in the land of the lost. You and I today live, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you live in the land of the lost. You're either lost or you're found. You're either, you're, either, you're, you're either lost or you're saved. You're either going to hell or you're going to heaven. I mean, there's no other place to fit. And so, so are you burdened today for the lost? Because I'm just gonna tell you, lost people do lost things. Lost people live lost lives. Lost people don't understand the Bible. They may be looking for something that's real, but they don't know what they're looking for. I mean, to quote you too, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. There's a lot of people like that today in the world. But I know this, if I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and it's not my assumption that that's what you are, but if you are a follower of Jesus Christ today, my question is, are you burdened for the lost? Because if you are burdened for the lost, there are some things that you will be willing to do, and it's evidenced today in the book of Acts chapter 8. If I'm burdened for the lost, then I will go where others won't go. If I'm burdened for lost people, I'll be willing to go where other people may not be willing to go. In Acts chapter eight, this is what we see, verse 26. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Philip is a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple of Jesus, a part of the early church. And so some people will say he's either one of the apostles of Jesus or he's one of the early deacons that we see in Acts chapter six. Either way, what we see in that, it doesn't change who he is. He's a follower of Jesus Christ. And he's a follower of Jesus who is listening to the Lord. See, a lot of our, a lot of our issues are found just because we simply don't listen to God. I mean, I mean we, we, we say that we're a follower of Jesus, but we don't do anything to back that up. It's like Jesus would have gone to the Sea of Galilee the day he was looking for his disciples and say to Peter and John, or Peter and Andrew, James and John, hey, come and follow me. And instead of saying, I will make you fishers of men, say, hey, come and follow me. I mean, I really don't want you to follow me. I really want you to stay fishing and uh, keep doing what you're doing. I just want you to say that you're a follower of mine in name only. Don't worry about following me. Don't worry about listening to me. Don't worry about doing the things that I do. Just say that you're a follower of mine. That's our mentality of Christianity today. In first century Jerusalem, a rabbi that was beginning his public ministry as Jesus was viewed as, he would go and find his followers. And a follower would be known as a disciple. And that disciple would be with that rabbi, that teacher day and night, learning from him, watching him, growing from him, so that he one day could take the same message and his same interpretation of the word of God and use that in a way that helps other people continue the teaching and the message. So it's more than just being a follower in name only. And so if you're burdened for the lost, you'll be willing to go where other people won't go. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, so he's listening. And the angel said, get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. It's about 160 plus miles that the angel of the Lord is telling him to go. And he's telling him to go from Jerusalem to the to the really a nasty, dirty area known as Gaza. 
the land of the Philistines, the stinky, nasty Philistines. It's a place where Jews didn't want to associate with other people like that. They tried to stay away from that area. But there's something that has happened to Philip. Philip has encountered the Lord Jesus Christ. Philip has been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And Philip has been given a mission from Jesus to go into the world and preach the gospel and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything that he's commanded us. And he promised to be with us to the end of the age. And so Philip heard that. He's seen that. He's lived that out. He's experienced it. And now he's willing to go and do whatever is told. And that's what he does. He got up and went. See, see, when we're, when, we're, when we're burdened, when we're following Jesus and we're listening to what he says and God's gonna speak to us primarily today through his word and through prayer and when we're reading the word and we're listening to God and asking the Holy Spirit, I mean, I dare you to say this, God, speak to me today. Lord, I'm surrendering and submitting my life to you. Holy Spirit, as I do that, would you speak to me and show me where to go, what to do and what to say? I dare you to say it. And, 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 then, and then live a life being attentive to those things that God is doing. So Philip got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian man there, a eunuch and a high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. Today, Ethiopia is a small, small country in Africa. In this particular time, it was a massive region. It was everything south of the Nile River. It was a huge, huge empire. And, and queen of the Ethiopians, Candace, she was a, a very powerful ruler. And to be the one who was in charge of her entire treasury, man, that's a powerful place to be. And so this is a man with great power and influence. And so he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian man. This is just who he encountered along the way. A eunuch and a high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. And he had come to worship in Jerusalem. And he was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. So, so here's Philip who is spending time with the Lord, listening to what God has to say, and the Spirit of God, the angel of the Lord, speaks to him and tells him to get up, leave Jerusalem and head to Gaza. And while he's going, while he's going on this journey, he encounters this procession. Now, when I think of a chariot, I'm thinking like of one of these small little things with wheels and horses in front of it with a guy with a whip, and he's standing up on it, and he's riding into battle, okay? That's kind of the, the old picture of a chariot that I see. That is not what this is. Number one, the, the Ethiopian that was in charge of all the queen's treasury there, he would not be standing on a chariot that he is, 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 is asking horses to pull or whipping horses to pull. He's probably sitting in this elaborate um, carriage that is more than likely being carried by these strong soldiers. And I doubt that he's alone. I'm sure he has this entire entourage that is with him. And so here comes Philip walking down the road who does not look like anything like this. Here he comes and he encounters this entourage. That's not really what I want us to see yet. What I want us to see is the question, are you burdened by the lost? Because people that are burdened by or for the lost are willing to go where other people won't go. A value that we hold here, a core value that we like to say is that Jesus is the center of everything. 
Jesus is the center of everything. And it goes totally against culture today because culture wants us, the world system wants us to be in the center, to think that we are in control and we are not. And God made you so that he, you would allow him to be in the control seat of your life. And so I don't want Jesus just to be first. I want him to be center. I want him to be in the center place of control. So then he influences everything that I touch and everything that I do. And so I struggle with allowing him to do those things, but it doesn't, it doesn't, there's always a battle. And so I have to surrender more and more of myself over to the Lord so that he has the freedom and the liberty to speak and work and move into those areas. And so if I want to truly know God, I want Jesus to be the center. So is Jesus in the center control seat of your life? That's a value that we hold dear. And if he is, you will find yourself willing to go to places that other people won't go. But that's not the only thing. If I'm burdened for the loss, not only will I go where other people won't go, I'll be willing to do what other people won't do. Look at what Philip does. The Spirit of God told Philip, go and join that chariot. So here he is, he's walking, probably got his staff, he's walking on his way and he sees this elaborate entourage and I mean, it's, it's gonna cause a person to stop and pay attention and the Spirit of God pricks his heart and says, go join that chariot. That's not an easy thing to do. That's not an easy thing for somebody that looks like him to go and do because that kind of procession Number one's gonna probably have security with it. That's gonna stop a guy like him from trying to get to one of the most powerful men in the Ethiopian empire. And so when Philip ran up, and I love that part, he didn't walk up to it, he ran up to it. So this man is already seen as a threat. He's seen as a threat. But remember for us, our normal is just subnormal today because what they viewed as normal was radical. They came together, they were synonyms. We've made them antonyms. When Philip ran up to it, so, so he's probably already garnering attention. He heard the Ethiopian reading the prophet Isaiah. And Philip yells out, because he's probably having to yell out because sanctified imagination. These guards are about ready to kill him, push him away. He said, hey, hey, do you understand what you're reading? The whole thing about this man's life is crazy to me. How many of us would do something like this? We'll go to these kind of places and do these kind of things. Look at what he does. The Ethiopian eunuch says, how can I unless someone guides me? And so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. What a moment. At this point, I'm wondering, does Philip think, this is exactly the reason God told me to get up and go. Now, side me has to think about the four dudes holding up the chariot. Maybe at this point they put it down on the ground. <laughs> you know, because he's already bad enough carrying one dude. Now I got to carry two. Side note, not funny. But he invited Philip up to come and sit with him to just grasp for a moment how truly unbelievable this is. It's crazy. See, a core value that we like to hold here is not that just Jesus is just, not only Jesus is the center of everything that we do, but I believe when you commit yourself to knowing God, he wants you to find biblical community. He wants you to find community in biblical settings and so that, so that we learn this value, the value that we are better together. <laughs> We're better together. 
We, we just are. And, and see, what the enemy, the devil wants us to believe is that we're better isolated. We're better alone. We're better by ourselves. And isolation, what doesn't lead to strength, isolation leads to weakness. Isolation leads to defeat. Isolation leads to death. And what the enemy who has come to steal, kill, and destroy wants us to do is to isolate ourselves. Because when we isolate ourselves, we become the center of our world. We control, or we think we control everything. But when we don't do that, when we, when we commit ourselves, to, to other people around us of like mind, like faith, and like journey together, like going in the same direction, where Jesus is the center of our world, and we begin to find answers to life. We find that we're better together. And when I'm burdened for the lost, then I'm willing to go where other people won't go. I'm willing to do what other people aren't willing to do, and I'm also willing to say what other people may not say. Look at what happens. Now, the scripture passage he was reading was this. It's Isaiah 53. You ought to take some time this week and read Isaiah 53. When you're reading it, you're gonna be thinking, man, I think I'm reading about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and you are. You're just reading about it 800 years before it actually happened. The prophet Isaiah said, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before his shearer, so he does not open his mouth. This Ethiopian eunuch who was obviously searching for something, he had made this hundreds of mile jerk trek from Ethiopia to Jerusalem, this religious quest to find answers, to find hope, to find meaning, whatever it is, and he goes there, and, and you may not, anyway, nevertheless, he goes there, and he's, he's turned away because not only is he a foreigner, he's also a eunuch. If you don't know what that is, you have to look it up. It's kind of crazy, but nevertheless... He's reading the prophet Isaiah. Maybe that was the, the passage that they were reading that day. And this Ethiopian eunuch is wealthy enough to have a copy of it. He's reading this, and it says, in his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation for his life is taken from the earth? And the eunuch replied to Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet saying this about? Is he talking, is Isaiah talking this about himself or another person? And then the Bible says, so Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus beginning from that scripture. I love this because a lot of times we make excuses for not doing the things that we feel like the Lord leads us to do or going or doing or saying the things that God wants us to say. I don't, I don't know my Bible well enough or I don't have a faith like that or I'm just not outgoing. We make excuses. Philip Philip didn't he didn't he didn't have a he didn't have a bible with him either. Philip didn't the new testament wasn't even written it was being written. But Philip walked with Jesus. And he knew that the prophet Isaiah was speaking about this because he experienced it and he lives it. Remember, God didn't call us to be judge and jury. He called us to be a witness, a witness who speaks what he has seen and heard. And so Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus beginning from that scripture. See, I believe that Jesus should be the center of everything that we do. When we know God, I want him to be the center. And then that leads us to biblical community and, 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 and we're better together. We are better together. 
when we, when we find community together. But when we do that, we begin to grow our faith. And, and when we begin to grow our faith, we, we learn this value that we will do whatever it takes. That's what we see in the life of Philip. He is doing whatever it takes. The Spirit of God said, get up and go, and that's what he did. He obeyed the Spirit of God and did exactly what he was doing. And while he was walking, I'm sure he was praying, I'm sure he was interacting with people, but as he's walking, he sees this procession walking by him and people are stopping and seeing it and the Spirit of God says, go to that thing. And he doesn't just wait, he runs up to it. He is doing whatever it takes because he is so in tune to what the Spirit of God is telling him to do, he does it. And there, he hears him. He says, what are you reading? Do you understand what you're reading? No, somebody's got to tell me. Come up here and tell me. Okay, and he does. Talk about a whatever it takes mindset. Because when you're bothered by the lost and you're listening for the world, or when you're burdened for the lost and you're listening to the word, you'll go where other people won't go. You'll do what other people won't do. You'll say what other people won't say but it also leads you to see what other people don't get to see. This is what happens. As they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? What would keep me from becoming a follower of this man? follower of this God and this religion, this faith. Because all Philip knows to say is what he's experienced, what he's heard from Jesus, what it means to be saved, and what is the evidence of that salvation? It's baptism. See, this man's already been to the temple in Jerusalem. He's already seen the sign above the temple. Talk about seeing a sign and saying, hey, I'm not welcome here. (laughs) Above the temple said, no lame, no blind, and no eunuch may enter. And so he was turned away from his journey to significance. And here's a man who cared enough to stop, ask, Listen and tell. And Philip said, if you believe with all of your heart, you may be baptized. And he replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. (laughs) And then he ordered the chariot to stop and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. talk about a crazy moment after this when they came up out of the water the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away he was gone (laughs) and the eunuch did not see him any longer but he went on his way rejoicing Philip appeared in Azotus and he was traveling and evangelizing all the towns until he came to Caesarea (laughs) you would be doing this too if you had just experienced what he experienced what about the Ethiopian What about him? What did he go and do? (laughs) Well, the ancient historian Eusebius claims that this eunuch and his band of servants went on to plant the first church in Africa. 
all because somebody was willing to go where others wouldn't go, do what others wouldn't do, and say what other people wouldn't say. And when he did, he got, both of them got to see what other people just don't get to see. See, what we see in this is our value that every person matters to God. You may question, do I matter to God? Yes, you do. You matter to God. You're so important and so valuable to him. And he wants you to be a part of this life and this journey. He wants you to join him in heaven. He wants you to know what real life is. See, the Bible compels us to join God in what he is doing. Studying the Bible is important. But the goal is never knowledge for the sake of knowledge. I mean, the Bible, it compels us to join him in what he's doing. We can study the Bible, and that's important, but we just get knowledge for the sake of knowledge. God wants you to join him in what he's doing. I mean, if you had the cure to cancer, wouldn't you share it? Because we've got the cure to death and hell, and why aren't we willing to tell people about it? See, it's time for us to stop expecting Jesus to follow us and make the decision to follow him. If you don't know Christ today as your Savior, my desire is for you to know him. If you're playing games with religion and trying to make a decision of what you should do, say yes to Jesus. Today, say, I believe in Jesus Christ with all of my heart. And be willing to follow it up. Take steps of faith, baptism, joining the church, being a part, growing your faith, opening up the Bible, and letting God speak to your life. If you don't know Christ today, pray with me. Say this with me. Say, Father God, I believe in you. And I believe you sent your son to be my savior. Say to Jesus, Jesus, forgive me for my sin by your grace. Jesus, restore me to you. Jesus, be the Lord and savior of my life. I believe in you with all of my heart and I'm ready to follow you today. Listen, if you pray that with me, let me know today. Let us know in the comment section. If you wanna take your faith to another level, then let us know. Come be a part of what God is doing here. And let's see God take our faith to another level. Let's be burdened for the things that break the heart of God. And may we'll see the will of God being done in and through our lives. Thanks for joining us today. God bless you. I hope to see you next week. If you made that decision today to say, yes, I do want to choose Jesus. I do want to acknowledge him as my personal Lord and Savior. Congratulations. We could not be more excited for you. And we want to help you in that process and answer any questions that you might have and provide you resources. To do that, simply text Jesus, that's J-E-S-U-S, to 706-449-0870. And one of our pastors on staff will be in touch with you because we want to help you as you walk out your faith. If you thought, you know what, I would like to contribute to all that God is doing in and through Southside. I would like to partner with Him. You can do that in three simple ways. First, you can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 706-449-0870. Secondly, you can do it on the Southside app in the Give tab. Lastly, Southside.online. You can do it through the Give section on our website. Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we hope you have a great rest of your week.